encourage you and prepare you. If not for if this is not for you, this is for you to be able to be in the place and the position to help someone else. Because if we're either moving forward or we're moving back. There's no in-between. Amen? All right. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 35. If you're there, say amen. The uh, Apostle Paul, writing to the Hebrews, says, Cast not away, don't, don't throw off, therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Verse 36. For you have need of patience, of cheerful endurance. You have need to be able to endure, that after you have done the will of God, that you might receive the promise. Verse 37. For yet a little while, and he that shall... Come, will come, and will not tarry. Jesus is coming. Amen. The Lord is coming back. Verse 38. Now the just, say that's me. The just shall live by faith. But if any man, any woman, any boy, any girl draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Now mark that down. But if any person draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Verse 39. But we are not of them who draw back. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. What do we believe? Chapter 11, verse 1. We believe we have faith. Now, faith is the substance, the title deed of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, by faith, by the title deed, the elders obtained a good report. Verse 3. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Brother Zach, would you pray? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for everything you did. Yes. Yes. Something up for you and great glory we want to enjoy what you want us to do. Yes. Thank you and be with us, God. Amen and amen. Thank you, Brother Zach. Hallelujah. Glory. So here we are this morning. This year, Sister Michelle and I was already talking, you know, it's, it's half over. Time is moving on. And you and I, uh, we're either going to go by the grave or we're going to go by the air, but we're not going to live forever. Amen. And we've got a, an allotted time, like Brother Corey, the Sunday school lesson was so good. You know, we have a short time in this lifespan to make a difference. We have a short time to be able to do what God's called us to do. And so the, the Spirit of God is wanting to deal with us this morning. And there's an urgency that He's wanting to talk with you. The reason why Brother Corey sang that fourth song was because He's preparing your heart that you and I, we need to make sure if there's anything in our life that is contrary to the perfect will of God, we need to bring it to the altar by the grace of God and give it to Him. Amen? And when we empty out of that, then all of a sudden He's going to put in you His anointing and His will for you to be able to accomplish the task at hand. Amen? Now, there, I want us to concentrate on these verses, uh, verses uh, 38 and 39 out of this text because he, he says right there in verse 38, He says, The just shall live by faith. And then He told us in uh, chapter 11 what faith is. Chapter 11, the great faith chapter. And... Uh, you and I, if we want to obtain a good report, we've got to walk by faith. And, and the way that we walk by faith is we see what God's saying about our lives. We're seeing what God's will is in heaven. And we bring His will to earth by saying what God's saying. And we, we change 
the whole world, our world, uh, moment by moment by, by speaking the will and the plan of God. And if we're not doing that, we're drawing back. We're drawing back from the plan and the will of God. Now, th- this word draw back, where he says, but if any person draw back in verse 38, uh, it, it simply means uh, to cower down, to shrink down. See, God has called you and I, He's called His church to shine. He said that you were the light of the world, amen? And He wants you to shine. He wants you to be the dominant force. He wants uh, to come out of your life uh, in a powerful way that will cause those who are in a dark situation to see that there's hope, to see that there's an answer, and that answer is Jesus Christ. Uh, So we've got to make sure that we do not uh, shrink down. Uh, I like the terminology. This same Greek word is used in Greek literature in liking of this. It would be like taking the sail of a ship and pulling it in. That's what he's talking about. You and I, our faith is what moves our whole life, our Christian ship. And if we don't have it up there where it can catch the wind, the move of the Holy Spirit, we'll go nowhere. Amen? So he's telling us here, he wants us to be in this place, in this situation. So I want us to to understand some things. I want us to see what's being said here. So hold your place with me, and let's see where this word is used in some other places. Go with me to the book of Acts, chapter 20. The Apostle Paul used this, uh, well, Luke actually penned it, but talking about um, Paul in Acts, chapter 20. Let's read verse 20. Acts, chapter 20. Verse number 20, look what the Apostle Paul says. He's talking about serving the Lord, and he says, And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house. Now, where, where the writing says, And I have kept back nothing from you, that's the same word as draw back. Paul is saying, uh, by the Spirit of God, I didn't cower down. I stood up in the face of opposition. This morning, I'm telling you, there is a devil that is opposing you. And there's lies that's trying to work adhere and attach and manipulate your life, your family's life, my life, my family's life, those that we love. Amen? And we've got to stand strong and we've got to tell them in the face of uncomfortableness what's true what's real, and what's eternal, and what's not. This morning, I'm challenging you by the Spirit of God. You have got to move from where you're at. And you listen to me by the Spirit of God. Pay attention. God's talking to every one of us. But He's talking specifically to some people you need to hear this morning. It's time. It's time for you to get real with God because God's real with you, and you've got to make a choice. I'm telling you, God gives us grace, but you've got to make a choice. Am I going to serve God or am I not? Am I going to draw closer to God or am I not? Am I going to say yes to God and get out of religion, get out of just going to church? Am I going to be what God called me to be? Or am I just going to be just a very blot on the fabric of life? No, you're not. You're going to be what God called you to be. Amen? I'm going to be what God called me to be. Drop down to verse 27. Acts 20, 27. Look what Paul says. He said, For I have not shunned, that's the same word as draw back in the book of Hebrews from the Greek, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. He said, I have I have not shunned to declare. I've, I've rehearsed. My life is a rehearsal of the will and the plan of God. That's what your life is. 
Your life is a rehearsal. In other words, by the Spirit of God living Jesus in and through you, it points people to the cross. It points people to the empty tomb. And so we can't draw back. We've got to say, I'm going to be what God called me to be. Amen? And, and, and this can happen to anybody at any time. Anybody at any time. Just because you and I have been saved X number of years, just because maybe we've served in the church in this place, in this position, just because we have done this and done that, that means nothing. Because if the devil can rock you and I to sleep in one area of our life and get a host of us and cause us to not move forward in God's will and God's plan, we're drawing back. We're drawing back. Let's look at it. Go with me to the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 2. Paul talks to Peter, and he has to bring some correction. Peter, the one who God used on the day of Pentecost in the founding of the church, quote-unquote, on on the rock of Jesus Christ. But look at Galatians 2 and 11. Paul says, But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face, because he was to be blamed. Why? Verse number 12. For before that certain came from James, or come from the circumcision, is what he's talking about. They come from the, the Jewish faith. He did not. He did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, notice this, he withdrew. Now mark that word down. He withdrew. That's the same one as drawing back in the book of Hebrews in the Greek. He withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. Now look at the impact it had in verse number 13. And the other Jews dissembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation, their hypocrisy. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, If thou, being a Jew, livest after the manner of the Gentiles, and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews. In other words, he's saying, why are you going back on grace? We're saved by grace. Not by works, but our faith in Jesus Christ. Our faith alone is what saved us. And and so here, when those who were prominent of the Jewish faith come into this, the situation, uh, all of a sudden, Peter changed his attitude. He withdrew. He withdrew from the, the, the boldness that he had. He withdrew from the truth that he had, and he cowered down. That's what the word means. And so this morning, you and I, you know the truth. And it's your responsibility to be a seed sower. It's my responsibility to be a seed sower. Jesus said, where more is given, more is required. You have a great acquirement on your life today because God has trusted you with the truth. You have the love of God. You have the truth of God in you. And you've got a destiny this morning. And it's time that you and I help others move forward in their destiny. Amen? There's people all around us drawing back. It's happening. It's happening all around us. People who once were faithful. I'm not talking about being faithful to church. Yes, thank God they went to church. But I'm talking about being faithful to the call of God. To the plan of God. To the will of God. See... What did, what did Paul write to the church at Thessalonica? Put 2 Thessalonians 2 and 3 up there, uh, Sister Adam. 2 Thessalonians 2 and 3. Paul wrote to the church. Now, this is the, to the church. This is a warning, an admonition of what was going to happen. And 
Not one jot, not one tittle of the Word of God is going to fall to the ground. But look what he said. He said, let no man... That starts right here. Let no man deceive you. Planeo called you to roam from safety, from truth, from virtue. Don't let it happen. By any means. For that day, and he's talking about in the first two verses, is the day of the Lord. For that day of the Lord shall not come except there come what? A falling away first. Apostia. They drew back. They drew back. They, they cowered down. They, they didn't make the stand for the Lord. They, they turned and they accepted somebody else standing in the temple of God, showing himself as God. But he wasn't your God. Amen? You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're the temple of the Lord God Almighty. Amen? And you've got to guard that temple. You've got to make sure who you let stand up inside of you this morning. But if Paul went to the trouble by the power of the Spirit of God to admonish us, to instruct us that before the coming of the Lord that there would be a falling away, we need to know that we can draw back. We need to know that, that it's going to happen unless you and I, what? We've got to be the coals in the fire. We've got to stay close together. I need you. I need you to burn hot next to me. I need to burn hot next to you. Amen? We need to be around each other in the fire that's in you. When I get a little cold or I get a little wet spot, come on, it can cause that to what? To burn. To burn inside of me. And, and so Paul here, he's saying, I, I made sure, even when it was uncomfortable, to, to tell you the truth. I'm telling you this morning, your life, my life could be snuffed out in a second. In a second. I don't care how old we are, whether we're young, whether we're old, whether we're middle-aged, we're not promised the next heartbeat. Amen? We are not promised that. And so the Spirit of God is this morning is drawing and wanting you to make a decision, wanting you to be in the place and the position where you say, I'm going to be faithful to what you call me to do, and I'm going to look and I'm going to see that there's people that are falling out of the will of God, the plan of God. But I'm going to do my part. And I'm going to woo them back by the Spirit of God. I'm going to woo them back with the love of God because it's all about what Jesus has done for me. Now think about where we're at this morning because of the grace of God. Let's go to Romans chapter 3 and let's just stir ourselves up just a little bit where we can brag on Jesus and we can get excited in our spirit. In Romans chapter 3, you know these verses very well, but it's good to reread them and get them moving in our spirit. Look what it says starting in verse number 22. Romans 3:22. It says, Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Look what he says. You, you, everybody knows verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. And we knew what sin does. Sin brings death. But God loves us so much. Look what He done for us. Verse 24. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Now what did Christ Jesus do? Verse 25. Whom God has sent Fourth, he set forth to be appropriation, an atonement through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Now, look at verse 26. He says, 
in the middle part of the verse, going to the last, he says that this, this Jesus Christ is the justifier of him or her, the person that believes. Come on, you're justified this morning because you believed in Jesus. Oh, glory. I, I, I was a sinner. I had no hope. I was lost and undone. I couldn't find my way back. But God brought Jesus into my life who was made sin that I could be made righteous. I, I, I could be accounted justified because of what Jesus done for me. That's something to talk about. That's something to brag on God about. That's something to, to live for. So I had no purpose. My life was going to be, I was going to be born. I was going to live. I was going to sin. And I was going to die. Just another person. But all of a sudden, God said, no, I love you so much. I'm going to come to where you're at in the middle of your sin. And if you'll accept Jesus Christ, my grace, I'm going to justify you. And I'm going to give your life a destiny. I'm going to give your life a purpose. So we've got to tell people that their life is not about where they're at. It's not about what they're experiencing. It's not about the temporalness uh, of this life. It's not about the pleasure that is in sin for a season because it is there, amen, that there's more to it. And, and, and we've got to show them how that they can draw closer and closer every day to the Lord rather than draw back from the plan and the will and the destiny that He has for them. And so we've got to keep moving forward. See, God is a God... Uh, that looks at our growth. He looks at where we're at, and He's well pleased with you at that moment. But He doesn't want you to stay there. He doesn't want me to stay there. He wants us to move forward. And if we believe Him for this moment now, by faith, He wants us to grow and move to the next and to the next and the next. Amen? So here you are this morning. You're sitting in the house of God, the blood of Jesus on your life. And you can look up into heaven and you can come to the throne of grace because of that blood of Jesus and you can find any help in any need that you're at. What else could we want? Why would we draw back from that? Why would we just come to church every once in a while? Why would we pray just every once in a while? Why would we not open this book? Because the devil is bringing a lie. And making us think that we're satisfied in things that will never satisfy. Now the Spirit of God is drawing this morning, wooing, wanting us to see how good God is in different levels. You can get mad at me if you want to, but this is for a purpose and for a destiny. And God wants us, He wants all of us to be in that place of perfect submission, coming, growing into His will. Amen? So let's do it. And let's help one another. Let's inspire. You're an inspiration. Your, your, your life is to bring out the vision and the understanding of what you have seen in Jesus to someone who has never experienced that. Amen? Okay. So let's look at some things here. Go with me to the Gospel of Luke. And, and I, I want us to 
to see some things that Jesus has said. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus says in verse number 2, For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. So, you and I this morning, we can put on our smiley face, and we can put on our best Christian walk, but God knows. And you may be able to fool me, and I may be able to fool you, but God knows your heart. He knows where you're at. He knows the heartache, the hurt. He knows the disappointment. He knows everything about where you're at this morning. That doesn't make us feel uncomfortable. It makes us feel loved. Because it takes effort for somebody to know what you're really feeling and where you're at. It means that they love you. Amen? Now, I want you to see, because you have a justifier of Jesus Christ, what God wants to do for you. Drop down to verse 32 with me. Now, look what Jesus says in verse 32. I want you to be so uh, just edified in this reality. He says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, think about that just for a minute. Why would we want to draw back from God? Because if we draw closer to Him and we show people all around us that they need to draw closer to the Lord, that each step we get closer to Jesus, that we find out that we've got a Father in heaven who doesn't want us to go to hell, but He wants to give us His kingdom. Oh, glory! That, that kingdom is the King, Jesus, and His dominion. In other words, He doesn't want you to be in a place where you don't have dominion because you're underneath Jesus Christ in any area of your life. That means every area of your life, my life, we're to have victory. We're to have deliverance because we're under His kingdom. And it's not that we've got to beg God for it. It's not that we've got to uh, do some kind of special work. Jesus has done done that. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you and I His kingdom. That's why He said for us to pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done. He wants you and I to be in His perfect will, not the permissive will. Amen? And so this morning, would you stop kicking against the pricks and just say yes to God? I'll do it. I'll do it. My flesh doesn't want to. My mind is raging about it. But I will submit. I will humble myself to you. The Bible says if we'll humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he will exalt us in due season. Amen? So this morning, why would I want to draw back when it's the Father's Good pleasure. Now think about this. Revelation chapter 4, verse number 11, tells us that you were created by God the Father for His pleasure. And it's His pleasure that He gives you the kingdom. So you're in a place and a position where you're possessing the kingdom and you're pleasing God. So how can I please God more and more? I draw closer to Him. Matthew 10.8. How, how do I please the Father? Matthew 10.8. We understand what God has gave us, what God is doing in us. And look what uh, the Word of God says. Matthew 10.8. Jesus talking to His uh, disciples. 
And he says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Now notice the last part of the verse. Mark this down in your mind's eye. He said, freely you have received. Freely give. See why the devil doesn't want us to draw closer to God, but wants us to draw back? Because when I draw back away from God, I don't think I've got nothing to give. You've got Jesus Christ, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the one who is sitting on the throne. Amen? The one who defeated, Hebrews 2.14 tells us that Jesus Christ defeated death. The devil. Oh, glory. So here you are this morning. Why would I draw back? Why would you draw back? Why would we not help people draw forward? Because we don't believe we've got something to give. You've got the greatest thing in the world to give. See, Paul stood in the face of Peter. Now, can you imagine how hard that was? Come on, Peter is the big name preacher. And he's got to stand up there and say, listen, you're wrong. We've got family and friends. They're doing wrong. We're not judging it. We're looking at the Word of God. We're looking at the fruit. And we're looking through the eyes of love. And God's talking to you this morning. He's wanting you to come out of all things that would keep you out of His perfect will. All you've got to say, all I've got to say is yes. Amen. And we've got to help people come into that place. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 10. Now notice he said that in verse 38, Now the just shall live by faith, and if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. That's why we talked about the pleasure. But look at the last, uh, in verse 39. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition. Just as sure as there is a heaven to gain, there is a hell to shun. Amen, as Brother Hagin used to say. Perdition, is a, this is the same word of the devil. Apollyon, Abaddon, it's a, something you and I don't want anything to do with. It's, it's, the, it's the place of perishing. Amen? It's the second death that Matthew, um, it's in the Gospel of Matthew that we're to fear God. Not fear man, but fear God who can what destroy both body and soul in perdition, in hell. Just as Paul warned the church at Thessalonica that there was going to be a great falling away, there was also a promise. In Joel chapter 2, verses 28 through 32, talking about the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, in part, but also founding what was going to happen before the coming of the Lord. He said that in those last days that there was going to be a great pouring out of the Holy Spirit. And with the great pouring out of the Holy Spirit, he said that whosoever should call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So there, while there is going to be some that's going to fall away, unless you and I do something, and some that we cannot do anything about because they have free will to make their own choice, there's going to be others 
that are going to be saved, amen? Because we're going to tell them, hey, there's two ways. There's the way of life and there's the way of death. There's the way of Jesus Christ and there's the way of man. But you and I, we want to help them. We want to show them they can choose the way of life. They can choose Jesus Christ in every situation. Amen? Amen. And so this morning, I want you to be in that place where you see that if there's someone that is drawing back, that there is a perdition. And it's your job, it's my job to be an intercessor. Every Christian has the anointing on their life to be an intercessor. And your prayers may be the very thing that moves and motivates somebody else by the Spirit of God to reach who you and I could never reach. So we want to do that. Amen? Now, what did he say? He said, but we're not of them who draw back into perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul, to the deliverance. That, that, that's who we are. And, and, and so this morning, I want us to, 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 to see in closing what can happen when... Let's look at a positive and let's look at a negative. Let's go to Second Timothy. Second Timothy chapter 4. Here the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy and giving, uh, giving instruction. But notice what he says in verse number 9. 2 Timothy 4 and 9. He, he says, Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. Why? Why does he need him? Verse number 10. For Demas has forsaken me. Why did Demas forsake the Apostle Paul in the ministry of Jesus Christ? Having loved this present world and is departed unto Thessalonica. Now think about that just for a second. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. Let's see what Paul said about, about Demas, what we can understand. Uh, hold your place right here and go with me to um, Colossians chapter 4. Let's turn over just a little bit. Look at verse number 14. Colossians, Colossians chapter 4, verse 14. He says, Luke, the beloved physician... And Demas greet you. Now, we read that in English, and, and it doesn't seem like it's a big deal. But this word Greek, greet, in the Greek, it means to put your arm around somebody and to hold them up. So, when Paul talks about Luke, we all know who Luke is. He puts him in the same place as Demas. So you see the importance that Demas had in the ministry of Luke, in the ministry of Paul, as they work together, amen, as they, they, they done what God called them to do. There they are. He puts them right there together. But, so, okay, let's read another one. Philemon, I think it's 124. Yes, Philemon 124. It says, Marcus and... Artichus, now notice this, Demas, Lucas, and he says, my fellow laborers. So this is what, he's, what the Apostle Paul is, where he's putting the label on Demas. Demas is someone who embraces, who held up the saints. He's someone who labored arm in arm with the Apostle Paul. But now all of a sudden, 
Can you imagine? If, I don't know about you, but if the Apostle Paul said that about me, I'd feel pretty good, wouldn't you? So this is a big deal. But all of a sudden then, the revelation comes. See, Paul is being persecuted. He's, he, he's, he's fighting for his life in the Spirit. And so Demas looks at this, and he chooses not to suffer persecution. He chooses to denounce Christ and to leave Paul where he's at. And he chose the world over the call. And he what? He drawed back. He fell away. It can happen. Not only can it happen, it's happening. You realize that the, 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 the number of pastors who are leaving the ministry every day in America, it's unbelievable. We're losing uh, like 29% year by year. Why? What's happening? That should shock you. That should cause you to see how real this attack that is happening as, as we're seeing the, the, the coming of the Lord getting nigh, getting closer and closer. Amen? Alright. Go back to, to, to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Let's read the next verse. Verse 11. 2 Timothy 4 and 11. Let's look at the positive side of this and we'll close. He said in verse number 11, 2 Timothy 4 and 11, only Luke is with me. He said, take Mark and bring him with thee. Why? For Mark, he is profitable to me for the ministry. Now this word profitable means easily used. Now why is this a big deal? Because remember, when Paul and Barnabas went on their missionary trip, they got about halfway through, and John Mark got afraid. And he left them and he went back home. Remember? And when the, Paul and Barnabas got ready to go back out again, Paul said, no, John Mark isn't coming. And John Mark was the nephew of Barnabas and it caused such a dissension between Paul and Barnabas, two of the greatest workers ever, that they broke up their ministry. They broke it up. They, they, it dissolved. They never got back together. And Barnabas... You hit to hear nothing much else about him because he left where he was supposed to be. But God had somebody, he had Titus, to place replace Barnabas with. But the point here is, John Mark fell away, but somewhere along the way, somebody prayed. Somebody witnessed. And John Mark is now, he's profitable. He's profitable to the ministry. He's easily used. Oh, Glory. Today, it's not over. It's not over. I want you to believe for that lost loved one. I want you to believe for that lost co-worker. I want you to believe for someone who has turned their back on what God said and believe that God's going to pull them out. Amen? Amen. And He's going to make them profitable for the ministry. I want you to know that there's somebody in this place this morning, you don't know how profitable you are. You don't know what God can do in you and through you. How desperately that the Lord Himself wants to use you in a deeper level, a deeper manner. But all He's waiting on is for you to draw nigh to Him, to trust Him, 
and let the Spirit of God purge some things out of your life where He can have preeminence in your life. And He's calling you this morning. He's calling you to a deeper walk. He's calling you out of the permissive will into His perfect will where the blessings of God flow. Amen?